Welcome to Modern Alchemy, episode number 69. Where are you? I don't know. I lost count. She normally <laughs> jumps 69. in with the 69. Tonight, <laughs> and today we're really excited because this is one of our rare spotlights, which as a viewer, you may know, we don't do that frequently, but we're really excited mm -hmm. to have Jeremy and Brielle here today to talk to us. And, and we want to get into the importance of relationships uh, romantic relationships in this case and what it takes to make those things successful and they certainly have have some experience in that as well let me just tell you briefly a little bit about them uh, jeremy is a host of create your own life podcast and we've been really blessed to be a guest on there a couple of times now so uh, if you're not if you're not listening or watching create your own life podcast we would highly recommend it yes some brilliant guests mm -hmm. and brilliant uh, topics that he's talking about. He studied at Oxford University. I did not know that either. <laughs> um, and, and here's what really blows my mind. I'd love to know more about too. Masters in early Roman Empire propaganda. Fascinating. Man, how appropriate is that for today? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> His podcast was named the number one podcast to listen to by Inc. Magazine in 2019. Congratulations. Nice. Top 40, under 40 by Podcast Magazine in 2022. And we have the better looking part, half <laughs> of his, his partnership. Brielle is with us and they co-founded together a company called Command Your Brand, which we've also worked with. And we highly recommend. They're yes. incredibly professional, mm -hmm. which is so rare in today's world. Yes. You know, if, if you send them an email, they respond, which is just... <laughs> unbelievable what a concept. you know and they say they they do what they say they're going to do but it's a, it's a public yeah. relations agency designed to help entrepreneurs share their message by appearing as guests on podcasts mm -hmm. and so i'm going to stop there and let's just let's just welcome jeremy and brielle to the spotlight so so great to have you guys thanks for having us yeah thank you so much it's it's a pleasure so let's have both of you is there anything really important and i'll start with you brielle um that's important about you to you that that our viewer would want to know that i didn't cover besides command your brand yeah well i mean i guess a lot of people probably don't know about me um we've been if we're going to start talk about our relationship a little bit we've been together for 13 years married for almost eight um, we work together all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, me, uh, my background is in PR. So I'm actually doing something that I went to college for, which is very, very rare. Very and, rare. Yeah. And yeah, we're trying to create our own life and, and have a beautiful family. So. And you do have a beautiful family. Yes. Um, and and that's that is not just a a play on words or or something to say. Your your children are quite quite cute. And, and how old are they? <laughs> we have a two year old and a four year old, and they are they're cute and wild. So. Yeah, they're very wild. <laughs> so I'm I'm sure they they keep you busy. Yeah, very so, much so. Uh, anything else, Jeremy? You'd like to add about? all the plethora of things you've done besides, besides uh, heavy weights and and do things of that nature that, that we didn't cover i guess other than being a, a husband and father i would say the thing i'm most proud of is my 
30 chickens. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> do you collect and eat son. your own eggs? Our, our pig son. Our pig son. Oh, do you really? That's that's fun. So do we you- got him as like a like a little like little bitty pig. And uh, he used to sleep in bed with us and everything else. And then we got pregnant with the first child. And she was kind of like, I don't want him like kicking me in the stomach. Um, and now he's like 110 pounds or something like that. Oh, wow. And you don't want him in the bed at that point. <laughs> no. no. He sleeps in the barn. Yeah, he's in the barn. He actually helps take care of our flock. Yeah. So he's he's a pig farmer. So oh, wow. so he's not going to become breakfast at any point. I <laughs> wouldn't guess. Although we do eat a lot of bacon. We eat a lot of bacon, <laughs> but not his. <laughs> I love bacon. <laughs> I, my wife is taking me off of bacon, and there's a whole um, uh, Dr. McCullough reason behind that. So anyway, we, yeah. we maybe we can get we can get into Peter we're McCullough, or maybe not. But we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> and and I'm curious, do you collect your own eggs and eat those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'd say most days we get what like eight to twelve, something like that. And we've learned to make a lot of things with eggs. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a really great food. It's a great food. Yeah. So tell us how long you guys have been together. Brielle, you said 13 years. And how did you how did you come together? That would be interesting, I think. You could tell that story. Yeah, you can tell it. Why? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So um, we had this friend and uh, her brother is like a superstar wrestler in the state of New Jersey. Like, you know, it was always like going to state finals and stuff like that. So like her brother's like, New Jersey famous. So um, my friend was apparently a, a super fan of her brother and was like, you know, like I'm I'm uh, friends with Phil's sister. I'm like, OK, that's that's cool. And with her, he would kind of say, you know like, that, did you know what that meant when he said I'm friends with Phil's sister? Or I, I know who like oh, Phil. Oh. Phil is wrestling royalty in Sussex County, New Jersey. Oh, so okay. like, okay. so, so, uh, so from from there, um, he would talk to me about her, talk to her about me and tell her how uninteresting I was um, and would just not introduce us, I think, because he had a crush on you. And um, we actually ended up connecting through Facebook. I had sent her a message and she ended up declining me because at that point in time, I was really into cars and my my profile picture was a car. And um, from there, we actually ended up finally getting together later on, it was the night that I was writing a 20 page paper on Dante's Inferno. And we ended up talking all through that. And um, I texted you at seven in the morning. You yep, said I was crazy. I was like, what are you doing? There's something wrong with you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was kind of how we met. So that's seven in the morning is a bit fascinating. Yeah. Real. How did, how did, did what did, what were your feelings when he did that? I was like, well, he's either crazy because <laughs> we were just up like all night talking um, and we were in, I, I was in college. He was in grad school at the time. Um, so I was quite concerned about that. But um, yeah, it was it was very interesting because like when we first started telling people like, oh, how we met, we met kind of through Facebook. There was a mutual friend involved. But really, it was I think I ended up writing on his wall. That's how we started talking because I was like, oh, like Matt does have other friends. Um, so it was like online dating before, like this was before, before online dating was a thing yeah. dating or all the apps and stuff like that. So people were like, how are you meeting this person in real life? Like, yeah, it was, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked out. Yeah. 
did. It evidently worked out. Dante's favor. That's yeah, yeah. I'm. I've got <laughs> to digress. Got I know. Yeah, I. I got to go back to Dante because even though that doesn't have anything to do with relationship, maybe it does. I don't know. Maybe you can tell us. I. What? I drug her to Dante's home when we were in Florence, so that we had to do that. Yes. Ooh, that's awesome. Well, that's actually so, it kind of is very pivotal to our relationship. I think is the fact that, like, when we first started talking, it wasn't about you know anything popular going on or anything like that we just got very interested in each other's ideas and that's mm. something that we've taken with us throughout yeah. our relationship that kind of sounds familiar yes it, it does i like that yeah <laughs> yeah you you should tell you should tell them the story of how you ended up bringing me into your life okay yeah let's moving on so no no no. <laughs> no this is fascinating well, it goes I, all the way back to the movie the secret Come on now. Okay, so I was watching the movie The Secret, and I happened to fall asleep when I was watching it. And before I fell asleep, his part came on. I never really cared for all the other people that were on there because they didn't seem. He had like some practical things in in my you know sense. And I remember the place that I was at my life. I would look at him, and I thought, you know, I'd really love to be in a relationship with a person like that. And it ended up being the actual person. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there is something to the law of attraction. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what are you, what are you going to say? But there was a long journey in between that. Yeah. So it was like 10 years, 15 years later, boom, here he is. Yeah. 15 years later and, and a lot more gray hair. I didn't have any gray hair till we got married, but you know, Bruh. you're doing okay, Jeremy. <laughs> He's got kids. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. back to girls is definitely going to give him the gray hair. <laughs> I, I, four years from 40. I don't have any yet. So I don't know. We'll see. Four days from 40? Four, four years, years. Four, four years. years. Oh, four, four years. years. Four years. I thought you were having a birthday. <laughs> no, it's not my birthday soon. <laughs> so if you had to say, and I'm, I'd like to hear from both of you, if you had to say there's one thing that's most important to a romantic relationship, what would you say that is? Okay, you breathe. first or me first? Uh, <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just listening. Mm. Talk some I more mean, about that. It's, it's not really what I'm best at, for sure. <laughs> but you said most important, right? <laughs> right, right. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, just really listening to the person and their cues and, and what's going on. Um, yeah, because you kind of like understand me better than anybody. Like you can yeah. kind of see what's going on with me and know what needs to happen because of that. Yeah, and it's not always just listening to what's coming out of their mouth, but also like how they're looking when they say it. Mm. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I think you're you're spot on. In fact, yeah. research from I believe it's UCSD mm -hmm. uh, proves that only four percent of the message is conveyed through words. And the rest of it is through physiology and tone mm. and body language. Physiology yeah. is, is the most powerful. So it sounds like intuitively, at least, you know, that if you pay attention to how someone is saying something in the tone and that gets really tough on text. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, I'm sure we've all had experiences yeah. of, of text being taken completely or emails. Or even yes. thinking completely wrong. Um, so what's the difference in your opinion between listening and hearing, Brielle? I don't know. 
how would yeah, you describe it? Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I have a quick answer on that. Um, That's okay. And hearing. We can come back to me on that one. <laughs> Jeremy, you have an opinion on that one? <laughs> well, I think here's the difference, like at least for me, is you listen to a lot of people, but do you really hear what they want and need, right? Like a lot of times we have an idea of what we want and need and we want to see things through that, that perspective, but you have to, I don't know, actually be there, be present and be experiencing what they're saying, right? So many times we're distracted by, I want this, or I want to accomplish this, or this person wants this. And the hardest thing can be, being present and being in present time and actually experiencing what that person wants. And, and, and at least from my perspective. And how does that fit into being a guy with Brielle? Um, like my, my wife is interesting, right? Because she's very much like a, you know, a woman that can do anything on her own, right? She's very capable of doing anything that she wants to do. And, you know, if she, you know, she wanted to do a project in the garage, she can do it and accomplish it. But it's interesting because, like, I think from the same perspective, like, the gender roles, like, really, I think, matter to you, at least how I've observed. Like, like you know, your husband will hook up the trailer for you. You know, like, you know, your husband's going to make sure the firewood's chopped and you don't have to worry about that. So that allows you to totally, like, concentrate on, you know, the kids and what they need. So, like, at the same time you're able to really focus on what you want to do because you know, I'll handle the things that, you know, like I guess a guy should, should do to, you know, kind of add something to the family. That, that's that been my perspective. I mean, I, I definitely could, could second that. Um, I think as far as like, if we're going to go back to, I guess the hearing part and like the, the gender roles, like Jeremy is someone like I might ask for something, but then he also knows what I mean by that. So I don't know. It's more like he's in my head. <laughs> we have that happen a lot where it's like, you don't even have to say it. It's like, he knows why you're asking it. I guess probably because we just have so we're so intertwined our lives. Like yeah. we're, we have like the same things that we're doing. So we kind of know like the purpose that we're going for. We know what the end goal is, like whether it's with the family or with the business or with staff, like, we have all that background to it. But I think even that, like, it's it's more than that, right? Like, we've known each other for, gosh, you know, 13, 14 years now. And, like, mm-hmm. like for us, I think one of the most interesting things is, like, we don't often have to say what the other, other wants. We just kind of know. Like, here's an example. This is, when did you do Rosa Trilli? Was it, like, 2012? She was an Irish beauty queen um, previously in our relationship. And um, so she was competing for Rose of Tralee and she was in a St. Patrick's Day parade and she had brought her cousins with her and they were on the float with her and you'd lost the kids. And I suddenly had this thought, Brielle lost the kids. She needs help. So I went and looked for the, I went and looked for her and I found the kids and in a crowd of people, like your phone doesn't always work. So my phone finally rings and she goes, I lost the kids. And I'm like, "I, I know I found them. And like, we often have like a lot of experiences like that, right? Like we, we know what's kind of happening, I guess, energetically with the other. Does, does that make sense? It makes total sense. Are you familiar at all? <laughs> Which part? Yes. Oh yeah. Yesterday, yeah. We've actually never had this with our own children up until yesterday where we lost, not lost, but our four-year-old, she went off and Jeremy found her. And like, we just, we met each other at the same time where like, I was starting to really panic actually. She's like, where's Addie? I'm like, right here. Right here. Like, it was <laughs> it was one of those moments that I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I felt like 
that sometimes I feel like you're like you're almost my angel. It's like you know, like you just catch everything that like I need. Yeah, it's weird though because it's like I don't know if you guys feel this, but like in a relationship, like you can know somebody or you can like know somebody know somebody. You know what I mean? Like, like kind of like be on the same wavelength. If that makes sense. Yes. If you want to talk to that? Since <laughs> <laughs> she's super intuitive and sometimes i say to her get out of my head just get yeah. out of my head. <laughs> i think that happens when you're uh close with someone and you guys are actually close and have a good relationship that you i don't know what happens like your energies your body your your energy starts um merging kind of together in a way and you start picking up like he'll think about something and then I'll bring it up and talk about it. And he's like, Oh, you just took it out of my head. So it's, it's fascinating. The stuff happens between yeah. uh, two couples for sure. I think it's, I think it's fascinating that that happens. And, and maybe I, maybe more is the wrong word, but the, the, the descriptors that you've given us, the, mm -hmm. the examples it's happening with you, Jeremy, that you're picking up on it. I think that's really fascinating yeah. because that tends to be, more of a stereotypical Woman. feminine quality. And, and so, um, like, no. <laughs> well, so she's usually making sure, like, I don't know how to describe this. Like I'm a very cranky person if I don't eat. So many times, like when we're going someplace, she's usually prepared beforehand having like food ready for me. So I don't become like somebody from the Snickers commercial. <laughs> he's definitely can get very hangry so the diaper bag is usually half kid snacks half daddy snacks <laughs> yeah don't touch daddy snacks that's, that's a flashback to to powerlifting days i think and yep. um i mean I've, I've got some of that as well when i i give blood about once a quarter, quarter once, once a, a quarter, quarter yeah for a variety of reasons it's good for people and it's yeah. good for your body um but nonetheless they give you you know, Oreos and, and chocolate chip cookies and, and nutter butters and those kind of things afterwards to get your sugar back up. And I don't get to eat those things because when I'm going out the door, Bear says, I've got a little baggy and said, okay, here's your, prepared, here's your snacks. Here's your prepared. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to eat that crap. Um, so, but are you guys familiar at all with quantum physics? I, I'm a major quantum physics fan. Have you, have you, dabbled or studied in that at all and i'll, I'll tell you why you... yeah I, I haven't really i've been more of like a, a history nerd so i could tell you anything you want to know about like things that happened thousands of years ago but I, not math and science i uh i kind of barely made that work <laughs> yeah. yeah um I'm, I'm kind of in that you know for me it was it was uh philosophy and literature but nonetheless um i'm a big quantum physics fan and i've started it for for at least two decades and i'm not a mm -hmm. physicist and yet arguably one of the greatest findings and you'll you'll find why this is important in just a moment in modern physics is called bell's theorem by j.s bell and what bell found is that two particles you know you go down to the subatomic level and it's particles and it's you've got you've got the atom and then you've got got the particles and you got the electrons and the positrons and all those things but two particles that are once connected stay eternally connected across space and time mm. and and so that's called quantum entanglement maybe you've heard that that phrase and so what ha what's happening literally and this is scientific is that when two of us come together and have an intimate exchange it happens even with a non-intimate exchange to a lesser degree but the more intimate the exchange is the stronger the connectivity mm -hmm. is 
and there's been studies done by by U.S. Army where they've taken a cell out of a person's mouth. I'd like to say volunteer, hopefully, and and put it in a petri dish. <laughs> let's say they were in California, and then they've flown the the petri dish over to let's say Texas, and then the person in in California is shown all kinds of films, humorous films, gory films, scary films pornographic films, all these things. And, and when they have a reaction in California, there's an instantaneous reaction to the cell in the Petri dish with no lag time. It's instant. Doesn't that blow your mind? And so, so that's literally what's going on when you pick up on these things. And when two partners like the two of you are intimately connected, then that becomes more and more commonplace. And most people tend to to just brush over it and not pay attention to it but maybe it'll give you a new perspective on it now well i'm a big believer in like i don't know like you don't really do this whole life thing once you know what i mean like i think a lot of people kind of think like you got this one it better make it good baby because it's it's all over i'm a big believer and that's not really the case and um at least for me and, and i know you and i've talked about this before i feel like we've known each other before and we found each other again like i don't know like I, like we have that kind of a relationship, which is interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating. You want to talk to that one? Yeah. <laughs> and and I wonder how many people actually have that experience with their with their partners. We we had the same uh, feeling towards one another um, when we first met too. We thought this is this all seems too familiar. It's very familiar, right? <laughs> and I I said, and neither one of us were looking for a relationship. No. And I said to her. <laughs> Uh, one evening as we were meeting, we worked together for three years. We weren't a couple. We were friends. Um, and I want to come back to you, Jeremy, and, and have you tell us what you think the most important quality is in a relationship where we've spun off of hearing. <laughs> um, but, but I said to her, we were talking about the familiarity and I said, I think we've been together before. Yeah. And I said, and she said, yeah, it feels like that. And I said, what do you think? I was, and I said, or we were, and I, and I, and I said, what do you, how do you think we were? And she said, well, I think I was maybe your, your little helper. And I, I was thought, your assistant. Mm, no, <laughs> no, I think it's more than that, you know, but, but yeah, I didn't right. say that because it was, was hoping. <laughs> I, I was hoping. Um, and it turned out to be, but I, I think those things are, are quite yeah. fascinating, even though they seem quite mystical. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's come back. Jeremy, to what do you believe is the most important quality in a relationship? And and I'll tell you why that's important to us is because we're we're doing a brand new series called On Relationships. And we kind mm-hmm. of delineated the five, six things that we have experienced together that have been imperative for us to build this really strong bond. So I'd, I'd be interested to hear do you agree with Brielle or do you have a different opinion on what's most important? Um, so I think at the same time, like it's important to listen, like, and, and truly listen. Like, I think that's really important, but also as well. And I think looking at a, like, if you look at kind of like the cycle of like the cycle of life, right. It's, you know, something's born, it kind of endures and it dies. Right. And that's the cycle of life. But like on a relationship, unless you're continually like creating that relationship every day, it's, it's going to die. Right. And I think that's as business partners, that's the biggest thing I, I have to remember, because very often because we're 
we're always talking about this stuff. Like very often I have to remember, okay, you know, I have to put on my husband hat now and I have mm -hmm. to kind of create on the relationship, right? Like we have to continue to remember to do that, you know, or there won't really be something there. Like, you know, like make sure we have a, a date night and things like that. And I know some people like to say, oh, this is our scheduled date night or whatever it may be. Like and our, our lives are a little too hectic to, for that to happen, but we're still making sure like, okay, so I'm acknowledging you now as my wife and as, you know, as, as my spouse rather than, okay, well, this is my business partner. I think it's just important to remember that, you know, like whether it's like, Hey, you know, when you come home and I got you flowers that day or something like that, because I think like, as my wife, you need that acknowledgement. And sometimes I think it could be really easy, especially with how hectic our lives are to remember that. Yeah. And I'm curious if you have, um, that's nice. It's, it's, <laughs> bears That's nice. Um, so it, it is nice. So we're really big on structure and rules and systems schedules. and schedules. And, uh, do you, do you guys, do you, do you go that far with how to, to separate mm. business and personal and how to make sure you have your personal time and, and those, those type of things? I don't really think we I do. I would say yes and no. Yeah, go yeah. for it. I mean, we have, like, we kind of have the list of stuff that's, like, important to do, right? Like, so I know, like, for Jeremy, something that has to fit into his schedule every day is his working out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so there's, like, there's things that are, like, but everything's kind of in flux. I mean, I guess because with us, too, we also have, like, we have help at the house. We have an au pair that lives with us. But as part of that, you know, we're still trying to, like, make sure that she gets an interesting cultural exchange. So it's like we almost have a third kid as well, even though she's helping. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. we don't we don't have a ton of structure. Like I you're always say, sending you're always sending me yeah. Google Calendar invites like like that's true. That's, that's <laughs> the extent of our, our meet me downstairs at 11. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think here's the here's the thing that's difficult, too. So my parents like typically live in Florida, um, but this over the summer, like they're retired. So they've been kind of living with us here in New Jersey mm. for the summer. And the difficult thing is like, my dad is kind of this, like you eat dinner at five or six o'clock every night type of person. So like, if I run into him at some point during the day, I'd be like, what's for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. It's three o'clock. We've got like two to four hours before I even have to worry about this. So like we're structured, but we're not, if that makes sense. Like we have our battle plan of things we want to get done through the day and we define that. But I wouldn't say like, it's regimented about when we're doing it. We just want to get that product done. Like we were um, on Friday and then also today we were working pretty solidly on our brand standards and mm -hmm. we really wanted to get a brand standards document together. It ended up being what, like 65 pages or something like that. We got wow. the whole thing together and we got that project done. Now that project was Friday during the day. It was a little bit over the weekend and it was half of this morning, but for us, yeah. we're more, I guess like I'd say product oriented. Like, yeah. Like, this is the top priority. This is what has to get done. We'll get this thing done rather than this is the times to get this thing done. Yeah. It's uh. just, it's too much in flex, I think, especially yeah. with interviews. And um, mm. some of our team runs his schedule more than I would <laughs> schedule. Yeah. Like, I know we even had to reschedule this conversation because um, Rebecca, that, run, that runs our schedule. Time, yeah. Re <laughs> Rebecca, that runs our schedule scheduled looking just at my calendar and not Brielle's and I'm like hello she There's exists <laughs> <laughs> like I do have a Calendly too my my Calendly is pretty pretty good but um yeah we have too much in flux at the moment hmm. so would you say that you if you have a list of priorities that's more like a to-do list and and they're in priority order priority order and how you have to get them done is that more how you yes. operate yeah i would definitely yeah, I agree would with that like, like the highest priority through the lowest 
for sure. Because we're more interested in getting it done and getting it done right than how much time it takes us. If that makes sense. So for me, like we're going to start something, change it and stop it. And it's done rather than like, all right, um, we kind of got a little bit done. Good job, guys. We're going to work on it tomorrow. Like we just want to get something done. Mm-hmm. Mm. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you have any, any comments to that? Oh my God. <laughs> Sounds like we're very different. Very different from how we are. Yeah, no, it is. I like the whole getting it done thing because yeah. we, we have things that are going on and, and it's, yeah, you, you can't, we have to stop because we everything that we do is structured and scheduled and on the calendar, literally everything. So it's like, okay, I got these hours here where I could do this. <laughs> One of the one of the things, and I've I've been on the planet longer than Beersheba and longer than than you guys as well. Problem, yes, definitely. Uh, <laughs> one of the one of the things I've learned is that, in my experience, there's always going to be something to get done. True. You know, I I've I've never reached a point where it's done done, and and so. Yeah, you know, it is a lesson I've learned. And, working, and I, it's working been, with him. Yeah, it's been it's, it's been very so. difficult for this Capricorn to <laughs> to let go of and and say, hey, okay, you know, at yeah. some point you got to realize there's always going to be something to get done. Otherwise, true. And I've I've had those times where I was up till two or three a.m. and and sometimes that has to happen, but a lot of times, uh, then then you get really out of kilter, if you will, mm. and and I've. I've learned in my experience, I've never been very good in relationships and until I think I'm pretty good now. Well, we work together. Yeah, we do. And I I want to talk about that too. Um, If we didn't, it'd be a problem. It would be a problem. (laughs) It would be a problem. No, I'm sure if you guys, because you guys are partners together, right? If you were in a relationship that the person didn't work with you, there'd definitely be problems of why are you not spending or paying attention to me? Oh, you mean working together? Yeah, like as in work. Partners. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't get how other people don't do yeah. it. Do, do you know what That's I mean? That's what Be- we say all the time. Because it's oh, like, yeah. all right, well, if we're traveling, well, this is for work and it's also a family vacation. Or like, you know, if there's a big project happening, like we know why we're working extra time or whatever it may be. Because we're on the right. same, like we're literally on the same exact page. And then we yeah. also could say, hey, you know, I know that this is important to you right now, but right now this family thing is more important. Mm-hmm. So let's put that away for the moment. And this can come back. Like we can mm-hmm. handle this tomorrow. She's better at that than I am. I will say like, like that's where Brielle's really good is like, I always like to say like, um, I'm kind of a buzzkill where she's like more of like a sense of adventure yeah. and like, you know, like I'm more of the like regimented, like, um, you know, this right now and I'm working on this right now and I'm not going to stop until I've done this thing where she's kind of like, Hey, you know, like you're alive, right? You should remember to like do this whole like living thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we fit together. Well, well you, you brought up the signs briefly earlier, but he's a Taurus and a true Taurus and I'm an Aquarius. So typically it's not like any sort of a match. I don't think. Oh, no, wait, wait, not. wait, wait. What's your birthdays? You, you, I'm going to look it up while he's asking <laughs> I, I'm May 15th and she's uh, February 16th. Oh, she is an Aquarius. She's a true Aquarius. <laughs> yes. May 15th. She, a, I'm going to look it up. Brielle, you're, <laughs> He's May 15th. Yeah. Brielle, you're a cliche in this time and oh, in you're... the universe. <laughs> the age of Aquarius, right? I don't know. You know <laughs> like a song about that? <laughs> there is. There is. But it's like a, like a bird song or something, isn't it? I Yeah, it's old. 
Oh, and here, <laughs> it's older than me. May 15th, right? Yes. So in Vedic astrology, which is supposed to be the oldest, the first, it, I believe. It's not supposed to be. It is. It is. It's the original. Yeah, you're like you're right on the cusp of Aries and Taurus. So you're in Aries and Taurus. Maybe that's why mm. you guys get along. I don't know. I'm kind of like, I'm going to keep running into that wall and eventually it's going to break. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's she's like, hey, maybe we should like consider looking at the wall differently or look at a different wall or something like that. <laughs> Or the door. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you look, if, if you look oh, now goodness. that we've opened this Pandora's box. If, 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 if you See, now you hit the thing we talk about all the time. Well, us too. Us too. Um, we, oh, my goodness. We, we talk about these things. We do courses on all these mystical types of things and as well yeah. as very practical. But nonetheless, if you were a full-on Aries, here's the, the I like to call a full-on Aries a hay bale. Yeah. You know, you light a hay bale on fire, it's like, and then it's done. It's over, right? I, they don't see it through. They, they're a good start, no finish. Then you got the Taurus is a slower start. It's a bull, and but you're not stopping it once it gets going. Yeah, so, you can never stop it. So if you're, and that's an earth sign, and, and obviously Aries is a fire sign, and, and Aquarius is an air sign, um, with water. If you look at it's pouring the water, oh, yeah. which which is, yeah, I could riff on that stuff all day. <laughs> it, it's probably, um, you know, Aries is blows like the wind. Not Aries. Um, uh, Aquarius, Aquarius tends to blow like the wind and isn't real rooted in stereotypically. But it's the more mature air sign. Yes, yeah. it's the most mature air yeah. sign. Yeah. Whereas Aries is the baby, but yeah. anyway, Aries is, the baby. is the baby of the entire Zodiac. Um, so nonetheless, fascinating, fascinating. I'll tell you what we, I don't really we'll, blow like the wind, but sort of. <laughs> You're yeah. definitely a freer spirit than I am. Yeah. Yeah. He's well, the bull. she's, a, you're the bull. Yeah. So, <laughs> so nonetheless, I'll tell you what we, what we determined when we were doing this series on relationships, we determined that the most important quality, and this is going to sound counterintuitive to a lot of our viewers and maybe even to you guys uh, of a successful romantic relationship is friendship. And we, yeah. you know, we literally spent 24 seven together. Yeah. That's, Indeed. that's not an exaggeration. We're 24 seven. And, mm -hmm. and I've never been, I've, she's very independent. You mentioned that about Brielle. She can do whatever she needs to do on her own. I know that I'm very independent and we both are very good alone. And I've never been very good with anyone else for very long, but now th this is, it has changed in, in this relationship and, and because we're best friends. And I think what really helped us is that we were friends for three years before we got romantically involved, which is very atypical, mm. very atypical. Well, you and I were just talking about this last night. Like we have like lots of friends and people like that, that they like go on separate vacations or they like, you know, like do things about like, we don't really do that. You know what I mean? Like even business trips, like a lot of times, like a business trip is a family trip. So it's like, I don't know, like it, we enjoy each other's company a lot, at least in my opinion. Yeah. We, we had a lot of clients in 2020 who were locked down with someone they didn't like and they That's realized tough. it yeah. is tough. They realized 
you know, I don't, I don't like this person and I can't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, I'm stuck in the house with them. I can't. Yeah, we totally... had somebody that had a divorce in our family due to 20, well, partially due to 2020. Yeah, <laughs> we did. We had a divorce in the family from 2020. Wow. I yeah. understand where you go with that one. It yeah. You get locked in the same place and you don't like each other. It's going to, you're going to find out pretty quick. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> There's nowhere to hide. Like avoiding each other so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really would like to go to work, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, we, we do a lot of creative things. Like we, we dress for work every day and, and we kind of make a game out of it. And then when we roll up at night, we go downstairs and we go home. Our offices are, we're like, we're upstairs right now. And all of our work is yeah. upstairs. And then we go downstairs and go home and we change clothes and now we're home. Mm. And, and so a lot of those little things have been really helpful for us. It seems simplistic, but it's been helpful to kind of separate and we do our very best. I'd love to hear how you guys handle this. You know, we have dinner together every night and we do our very best not to talk about work at all. Yeah, we don't do a good job at that at all. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, I see a lot of differences here, but that's a good. I mean, all good differences. Yeah. Um, I think because we're not on a schedule for the most part. I mean, we typically work in our gym clothes. <laughs> yeah, like I'm always like good from like the waist up because that's usually where I'm where I'm on camera. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like um, sometimes my hair's combed, sometimes it's not. You know, if I have a lot of calls that day, I'm not gonna have a hat on. Um, <laughs> But the thing we did, which I think was a big deal, and this is more because we have kids than about like life is like when you're home, your kids always want access to you. And we've, we've always worked from home. You know, we've been running this business since 2015 and we've always worked from home. Mm -hmm. And we actually took, um, a couple of years ago and we remodeled our entire garage and, um, her dad and her stepdad and I like did this whole project where we actually like, we took it and we reframed the whole thing we reinsulated the whole thing we had an electrician come in and wire the whole building and then we made it into like our ideal office space and oh, nice. you know we work in our garage and you know when when we're done you know we turn off the lights we close the door and we're done um and we walk up to the house now that doesn't mean we're like done with work from that because i here's the thing that's difficult right like especially with like cop topics i cover with the podcast mm -hmm. is like i'm always like moving mentally on something and Brielle is like my sounding board. So like, I'm always going to like, you know, ask her opinion on something like, Hey, I read this, or I saw this, or I, you know, what do you think about this? Or what should I like? She's also really good from a PR perspective. Like, she'll be like, why the hell did you do that? Like, that's not a really good idea. That's a really bad PR thing to do. Let's take that down. So like, it's like, we're always kind of, you know, iterating on stuff, if that makes sense. Like, you know, sure, we're out of the office, but like, what we do is our life, you well, know, there's, there's two parts to our work. There's the actual business with our clients. And then there's the podcast, which is another, you know, that's a, yeah, it's a big well, part of our life, which that's kind of always going because it's the media cycle is always yeah. moving. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I'm always like on the next story or talking to the next person or, you know, something statistically just happened. Like, I know, like recently we've been doing a lot on YouTube. So we mm. had our YouTube following double in just the last month. So we've been like kind of moving on, on that. So it's nice. just how life works. Yeah. So, so I, we're like that too. I mean, you can't, when you own your own business, you can't really just shut it off. No. You know, there's no shutting it off. Well, and there's no I'm um, traveling and can't answer my email. Really? <laughs> no, there's not. Out of office no. is so funny because I'm like, I'm always out of office. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and we're really blessed in that the things that 
even even talking about Aquarius and Aries and Taurus and 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 those type of things and and many more the things that we do for work or culture which is a big part of what we do yeah. with businesses those are the things that we like to talk about anyway so <laughs> yeah. it's like it, it, you know even though it could be called work it's 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 not really work it's kind of play and yeah, it sounds like they have the same with that yeah i know jeremy that you've you've shifted gears on your podcast and, and i recently i don't know how recently but i know 2020 2020 you're you're a lot more edgy than you were initially and maybe edgy is not the the best word but but yeah I'd, I'd like to hear because there's there's philosophies that we worked with a marketing group previously and their whole philosophy was well you know don't take a real hard stand on this one position because you'll alienate potentially half your audience and i and i my position is okay if i'm going to alienate half the audience then that's not my audience and and so i'm going to and and you know my tweet today was if you can't be honest regardless of the consequences then you're living in fear and you're you're untrustworthy and so Brielle, as a PR person, if you were my PR person, um, <laughs> and I know you're, you are with Jeremy, what, what's your opinion on that? Because there's two sides of the coin. We lost. You Brielle. lost for a second there. You I froze heard for a Brielle, second. If you were my PR person, I, th yes. I think I know where you're going with it, but that's. Yeah. It, what, what would you say to that, that angle? Because there's two sides of the coin. Hey, Hey, don't alienate or there's take a hard stand and, a, mm. and attract, if you will, the audience that you're looking for. I would say the first thing you would have to do is like it, it would depend on who like what type of business you have. Right. Like if we are trying to sell cookies. OK, fine. Like you don't want to alienate that audience. But if you're doing anything that like you have a lot of heart, you have a lot of passion, that's part of your mission, then you need to be authentically you. Um, yeah, the, the more that you're you, the more that you're going to resonate and in, empower and just really create a passionate base. So you got more balls than that, honey. Like, you know, I've, I've seen you down at the state Capitol protesting for vaccine mandates and stuff like that. My whole life, like, like she is one tough cookie. Like she wears, she wears her beliefs on her sleeve as, as a mother. I mean, that's something, but I wouldn't personally usually put that through to the business because that's not. No, it's true. Because yeah. I do have different hats, so it would it would depend. Yeah, yeah. What it is, um, yeah. Well, it's also I think how it's communicated. I think that's something you've pushed me a lot with, right? Like it's you know, you were kind of a little nervous at first when I started talking about the things I always talk to you about in private, like on the, <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. Um, like one of the things you liked about me is that I was like able to hold a conversation on this yeah. stuff because you've you've always been pretty political and and stuff like that. So like. The thing that you've helped with is helping me communicate what needs to be done while kind of keeping me out of trouble, too, because I'm very good at getting myself into trouble. Mm. So let's get into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Brielle, if you if you, you don't, don't want if you, if you no, if you don't want to get into trouble, then let us know. <laughs> then just let us know. But we're talking about relationships here. And mm -hmm. obviously and, and I'll keep it less edgy um there's a big drive with 
and I will say with the LGBTQ movement and with the culture in general mm. to very apparently, and it's very clear in my, in our perspective to drive the family unit apart and to, to minimize reproduction, if you will, uh, children and family and core unit. And, you know, as we all know, there are those who are saying, hey, the parents aren't meant to to train the children about sex and sexual behavior. The school system's going to do that. And and on and on and on and on. And so as parents and as a couple, mm-hmm. Share your thoughts on on all of that and how important is it? I mean, I think that you should just preserve a child for as long as possible. That innocence, that excitement, that um, everything is beautiful. Like the other day, we're getting ready to go on this small trip for the weekend and I have different bathing suits out and my daughter goes, mommy, wear this bikini. You look so beautiful. And I was like, normally I wouldn't wear it because... (laughs) We've had a very fun winter and I've been enjoying lots of food, but she's like, Mommy, you just look so beautiful. And I was like, okay, like in your eyes, if that's what you see and you think like it's a pretty suit and you think I look beautiful, then yeah, like they are just wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that you should be talking about sexuality to a child because they don't even understand what that is until they're mature enough, like to even start approaching that subject. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, it's a little more sinister. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's a little bit more sinister than that. I, I'm I with you. Right. But I, I think it's more of like um, in, in Mao's cultural revolution, um, they created kind of two groups. Um, there were the black identities and the red identities. And the red identities were kind of the good communist identities, right? You could be a good kind of revolutionary or whatever it may be. And if you look at who Mao targeted, he targeted the youth and the college students because the goal was to separate them from the children, right? And if you mm-hmm. can separate parents from children, you don't really need the parents because they're going to die eventually. Like, but if you get the kids, you got the next generation. I, to me, that's the whole thought process, at least at least my perspective. And I think that's why it's important. Um, you know, like Brielle and I are homeschooling, and she's done she's done so much with the kids with, you know, like involving counting and like, hey, we're getting the eggs and like things like that. And I think mm-hmm. just making it a part of life. And I think that's why it's so important that we take responsibility for our kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we live in a very good area. Like one of the reasons that we moved out here was because everybody shares similar viewpoints to us, which is nice. Like we actually almost thought about putting our children into public school because of it. Mm. Um, And even the, the kindergartners, I mean, what we were just talking to other parents about who do go to, the public school is they can opt out where we are in most of the curriculum if they wish. Um, the only thing that's mandated is to, to be able to discuss, like to be able to properly identify all the body parts, Mm -hmm. which I do. I could see their viewpoint on that because if a child was being harassed, they should be able to correctly explain what's happening, which, and not to make it sound like, Oh, this is funny or like, it's not cute. Like if this is, if this is happening. Yeah. So I do understand that viewpoint and our school's reasoning for that. Um, but anything above that I'm like in complete disagreement with. Yeah. I, I got kicked out of pre-K and barely made it through kindergarten. So it's like, I, I just don't want that same experience for my kids. Like I was somebody that they, I was like a really smart kid and they're like, Hey, you know, like if you want to stay here, you're going to have to take ADD medication. And it wasn't that, you know, it was just cause I wasn't 
stimulated, right? So I wanted something that was going to challenge me. And I know my kids, they are way smarter than I was. So like at the same time, like I just think that's putting them in a situation where, you know, the curriculum could be great and everything else. But in my opinion, I think the mental health side of things is is pretty sinister. And I want to keep protect my kids from that. Agreed. Yeah. Good for you. So yeah. what do you think here we're going to get, get in trouble. <laughs> what are your, and we'll just talk about our beliefs and the, and you as yeah. a viewer, you can agree or disagree. I, I respect all beliefs yeah. and you don't have to agree with us to, mm -hmm. to, to have your, your own opinion. Everyone deserves that. And so what do you think is behind, I, I it's fascinating with the chairman Mao analogy and, and it brings up, you know, social credit scores and all those kinds of things, which, which we're hearing about. What do you, what do you think the sinisterism behind it is in your opinion, Jeremy? What, what's the end goal? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways it could go, right? Like there's kind of the perspective of, you know, are we kind of centralizing more for like control or, you know, like there, there's, I guess so many different threads on this, because if you look at even, you know, the early 1900s, we, we've been talking a lot recently about like Woodrow Wilson and a lot of what Woodrow Wilson to the country and what he started was kind of this centralization. And I think that's really what I think is kind of the plan is, is just centralized control a lot more. I don't know who the controlling body is. It's somebody out there. There's, there's lots of theories and ideas and things as what that may be. But to me, it seems like there's more of an idea to kind of control us as people. I think that they're I mean, I just want to say, like, I definitely respect everyone for who they are. Um, but by the same token, I think a lot of this is being pushed by some sort of depopulation. Yeah. Um, depopulation agenda. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, you know, it's because you got to look at it, right? Like how I talked about, you know, um, in my belief, you know, I feel like I've known Brielle before and stuff like that. Like, I don't think these evil people go away. They just kind of die and come back and find a new way to do it. You know what I mean? So I think at the same time, they're just there. They're working on their latest game and they've always been there through the centuries. Right. And it's just up to good people to, to stand up to what they see isn't correct. Yeah. Well, if you, if you obviously you've studied history and you, you study any history, even at a cursory level, and you'll see that that sinisterism has always been there. And yes, and, it just seems to become have become more front and center in the last, I guess, three years, it appears to be. And so, yeah, um, you know, I think I find it fascinating, the whole depopulation <laughs> uh, programming, because if you look at the real statistics, population is, is shrinking. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's shrinking. History, they said yeah i think it's the first time in history america has a negative birth rate i have to check that this, stat but this year this yeah. year yeah even wow. even japan you know japan is 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 way down and and you know why is that we're talking about relationships yeah. here why you know why is it in your opinion that less young people are getting married and even less than that are having children. What, what, why is that? If you had to guess. What do you think, honey? And one thing we used to talk about a lot that I think could be very relevant is, you know, if you go back to even just like student loans, I think making everybody go to college and making it so that everybody goes to school. Now everybody's paying for a mortgage before they even start their lives together. Um, so you're kind of just making people really start their lives later. Yeah. Yeah. It's like debt slavery. Like, you know, you know, you're getting out of 
you're getting out of school for a lot of people having what is equivalent to or more than a mortgage and you're paying for that you don't have a house or anything else and so your your need so for money is to, yeah to like you're not ready yet to get into a relationship because you have this other obligation you know back to the yeah our debtors um i just even think there's too much of an emphasis on education right like it's you know i have a master's degree i don't use like you're one of the few people i know that uses your college degree so i just think at the same time we kind of walk into this world where you, you're told you need this piece of paper. And if that piece of paper doesn't work, you need a bigger piece of paper or a better piece of paper, a more expensive yeah. piece of paper. And it's just people are left paying for something they can't pay off because they're never going to be able to get a job that pays them enough to pay it off because they've been educated too much. Mm, I, to start a family and they're not ready to settle down with anyone because they haven't hit like once you come out of school, you're then supposed to get that good job. And if you don't have that good job, then you're waiting to get that good job before you start the next step. And it just kind of is making everybody uh, get started later. In yeah. Life. yeah. Well, I got started when I was 55. So, you know, um, I can I can say that I'm I'm in that category. I was a confirmed bachelor, supposedly, for a long, yeah. long time. And and I got broken down and I'm really grateful. <laughs> I'm really grateful to God that I did. Um, and I, I think economics is certainly an issue. Do you believe there's more to it than just economics, though? Yes. And, and yes and no. Like, I think at the same time, um, you know, there's there's people that have talked about human beings being like kind of useless eaters in a lot of way. And I think yeah. when you look at it that way, you know, less of us, we're going to consume less resources. That's what there's. I think there's a group of people that really want that. And here's the issue, right? Like you look at it, you know, we, we know the, the, the names and the faces of like, you know, the Bill Gates of the world, the Klaus Schwab's of the world and things like that. But here's the thing. You know, I did an episode recently about George Soros and it's like you look at it. I think they're the front people. You're never going to know the real people that are pushing this stuff because they'd be easy to target. Right. So mm -hmm. there is an agenda, I believe, to reduce us, make us less capable because these, you know, people that we don't know about want some sort of control. Yeah. I, I happen to believe that they're part of this uh, gender dysphoria and, and depression and porn and many things play into this idea. I mean, if you look, there's, there's current research that, that a lot of young men have no drive to even have sex and they or they and they have no desire to even go on a date yeah and where's that coming from that's not economic well the testosterone counts are way down too because all the plastics down. and stuff we consume way uh, down yeah. mm -hmm. you know bearspa and i get our blood test done every six months just to make sure everything's working correctly and and the guy that we work with was was talking about that just just last time we spoke with him that yeah. he said i'm i'm taking testosterone levels of guys in their 20s who it's unbelievable they they're in the tank mm -hmm. their testosterone's in the tank that's crazy um and so there's a there's a lot of things going on that i believe are feeding into this and i i believe like you do i if i'm reading between the lines correctly and i think i am that mm -hmm. that they're it's 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 orchestrated it's it's yes. not it's not just happening it's orchestrated you know, if we can get young men addicted to porn and then they they start to disassociate. First of all, you're a voyeur. You're mm -hmm. you're not uh, you're not involved. You're watching two people. And just think about the psychology of that. And then 
there's no there's no romance there's no love there's no kissing mm -hmm. there's no cuddling there's none of that you know and and so now i've been watching that and and we know some kids who are not even teenagers yet who are watching that yeah and that's the programming and so now yeah. let's say i grow up and i am i'm in my 20s well i'm kind of it's kind of flat because yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've, I'm burnt out and, and nothing is the same as, as what I've been watching. And, and so there's a whole lot of agendas going on here and it comes back to where we began, I believe in yeah. the family unit. Yes. You know, Gen X, you guys are probably, I would guess both millennials. Yes. I, I would, I would, I'm kind of on like the older millennial edge of things since yeah. I was born in the eighties, but like, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gen X was the most underparented generation in our history and, and it just continued, you know, because in Gen X is where the parents weren't home. When I, you know, I'm, I'm on the back end of the baby boomers, which means I missed all the Woodstock and the drugs and the fun, you know, cause I was way too young and I'm grateful for that too. But nonetheless, when I came home from school, mom was there every yeah. night, mom was there. And, and she talked to me about my school day and what'd you learn? And, yeah. and we had this conversation and, and, and so Parasova didn't have that experience. Well, I was, I'm, I'm border millennial and Gen X half the time I'm PO'd. We, the yeah, time. yeah. The other half, I feel pretty good. Yeah, she, she's yeah. she's confused, and then she gets gets pissed about being confused. Yeah. you know, because Gen X is mad about everything. You know, they, <laughs> then they, I want to make an impact. So much they create, Yeah, they create a grunge and and the band Rage Against the Machine. You yeah. Know, and, um, so anyway. So I'm curious, did you guys have your parents growing up, or how was your household like? Um, I had my mom home every day. Um, my dad. Yeah you know, would be out of the house working, but like it wasn't until I was in high school that he even had to like travel more than 10 minutes from the house for work. So oh, for nice. me, I was always, my parents are always around. Mine was a little bit different, but here and there. Um, yeah. My, my mom, she's a chiropractor. So I mm. was kind of always part of the, the mom running the business. She was more of like the head of the household. Um, she had a very, very busy practice throughout our childhood but she had a very structured schedule. That's probably why I'm not structured is because she was very structured. Mm. Um, so there were some days she made her own schedule. So two or three nights a week, she wasn't there after school, but my parents were also divorced when I was younger. So my dad actually would be there when we got home from school and um, we'd go by him on those nights that she was working. So the nights that she wasn't working, mm. she was home with us. So, oh. yeah. So that's it was very different. We have very different upbringings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. Talk about that a lot. So yeah. upbringing, <laughs> socioeconomic brackets, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm curious about this religious upbringing or non-religious. Um, I was a Catholic theology major um, in school. So I have a, wow. a double major in Catholic theology and Torah. Um, but I was always somebody that was kind of oh. like looking for something. Wow. Um, and um, <laughs> no, go and ahead. When Brielle and I first got together, um, she introduced me to Scientology, mm. and um, we've both been very, you know, you've been very active as a Scientologist your whole life, and I've been extremely active since we got together. Yeah, so I'd say we're both very spiritual. Um, we, 
like with our with our children uh, yeah like we still have them baptized catholic but yeah it's you know they still have their baptism and everything else but you know we've been very practical as scientologists brielle did you grow up in a religious household or no i mean not religious but very spiritual household yeah yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. So yeah. Torah studies. Yes. <laughs> I've always been I've always been looking for something. You know what I mean? I've been like, mm -hmm. I, I think this is something that you said about me when you met me. Like I'm a yeah. seeker. I'm yeah. I'm a seeker. I'm somebody that's always looking for something. And I think for me, that's why I've always studied different religious texts and stuff like that. Like I've, you know, read Lao Tzu and I've read a lot of different stuff. And it's just for me, I've always been somebody looking for something. Yeah. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you how do you like uh, Scientology if you were to compare it or yeah what what are your it's, thoughts on it I don't know much about it's it It's more practical than anything like I think for for a lot of religions like it can be like you know like you know you pray into these different things but as a Scientologist like you're actually trying to actively improve yourself every day, right? Like, how can I be a better person? How can I function better? How can I you know have a better moral code? And so for me, it's like it's called an, a, an applied religious philosophy where it's something you're actually applying day by day in order to improve your life. So for, for me, it's been something that's made me a better person. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Good for you. I have a, I have a, a very, very pristine copy of the Zohar in my office. So, um, <laughs> I, I really resonate with the, I was raised Torah. Christian, but I, I resonate with the Judaic as, as well, which yeah. is part of Christianity, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Christianity owes its roots to Judaism. Um, so you homeschool your kids. I, I've thought about that. I knew you we're, did. We're rather new at it. I wouldn't say like, you know what I mean? It's, we're you still know, in the ABCs and Yeah, one, two, she's four. So it's like, you know, it's not going to be five till October. So we've kind of started some basics. So is there a school to go to to learn to be a good homeschooler? Because I, I've thought it, we don't we, we don't have children, but no. I've thought, you know, given where the school system's going, mm -hmm. if we did, we would be with you guys, I, I believe. Mm -hmm. we, we probably yeah. would not want to throw them in. But I know some people who who are homeschooling and I look at the so-called teacher and I go, whoa, you know, I'm not sure what these kids are learning, <laughs> you know. And, well, it's and different, though, because I think if you look at it, like how we're taught, like schooling is like everybody sits down and there's lessons, whereas homeschooling is more like individualized. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the a lot of times kids are going through things at their own pace and whatever it may be. Like we're also the lake we live in has a homeschool group. So there's other parents homeschooling. So it's Brielle is very active, all the homeschool moms and, and stuff like that, too. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're actually looking towards more doing un unschooling, I guess is the term, where like we're following their passions, following what they're interested in, not like structured every day. Like, OK, now we do the math and here's the math or, you know, mm. more following their interest led. Oh, Interesting. Is there is there a a handbook for homeschooling or, or something? I do like... have curriculums. Yeah, we're, we've been using, <laughs> okay. we're looking at like a combination of the Ron Paul curriculum and then there's also some other stuff you're yeah. working on as well. Interesting. Yeah, I think we're going to do a hybrid of different programs that we're interested in. Yeah. yeah nice. Depending on what subjects. Okay. So how do you harmonize your work, Brielle, which obviously you're very, very active in, mm -hmm. and homeschooling and you know, how do you, and even being a mom, being a mom, <laughs> you know, a mom, a mom can be a full-time job and I'm not telling you yeah. anything you don't know. Um, how do you, how do you keep all that in, in check and yeah. keep the balls in the air? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one thing where we're very lucky to have help. So we yeah. actually, we do have the au pair who lives with us. She's with us with the kids for 45 hours a week, usually depending on, I mean, that, that's not just watching the kids. It's also helping us with, you know, kind of like a mother's helper because mm. I, I can't do it all with, yeah. with everything. Um, so we're very grateful to have somebody like that with us. And the right now where we're at is with the kids in school, about 30 minutes to an hour a day is what they would be doing for three or four hours for kindergarten. It's like mm. most of it is play. So that's kind of like the thing that we're focusing on the most right now is making sure that they're playing. They're outside. Yeah. Um, Jeremy mentioned we live in a lake community. Yeah, it's like a lot of like, like, I think the thing is, and, and this is something more that you've taught me is like, is making like life a teaching opportunity. So yeah. for example, like last night, my four-year-old was setting the table and she, I'm like, okay, honey. So how many people do we have here? She starts counting. She's like, we have six. I'm like, great. She's like, how many forks do you have? She's like, I have three. I'm like, okay, so how many more forks do you need? She's like, one, two, three, four, five, six. I need three more, daddy. Good. Go get three more. Like, do you know what I mean? But it's the basics of like, it's things like that, that you wouldn't consider and making that into like a teaching opportunity. Yeah, yeah right. for sure. Yeah, where we were, I don't know if you guys are familiar with cicadas, but they have these they're, little they're bugs, bugs that make a lot of noise. <laughs> they're uh, almost like a grasshopper, but that's it's the summer noise that's yes, yes. in the woods. And um, they they live underground for a few years, and then they come up. So, anyways, when we saw the shells that were on the tree, and it's kind of like when a, a snake sheds its skin. So first, you thought it was the bug, you know. So we're looking at it, and then you know we're like, oh, and then we actually found the bug. So then we start reading about the bugs and. We're kind of that's what we're trying to do is like okay so here's the real world and mm -hmm. this is the context that you need to know around it yeah like mm -hmm. we we went to a birthday party the other day and one of her little friends is having a a reptile person come and bring different kinds of snakes and different oh, kind of restrictor yeah <laughs> so we in the car on the way there she's like well daddy what's a reptile so then daddy and mommy are explaining you know what is a reptile and how does mm -hmm. that differ from a mammal and then like where the names come from and what are the latin derivatives and like those are the kind of things like we do with them right because then like she actually has a concept of it and she can get it and we spent yeah. literally the 30 minute car ride on the way to this birthday party we spent explaining it and jeremy he also didn't go over earlier about his his background in latin he's 12 years of it <laughs> 12 years of latin so you could pretty much take any word in the English i i had language. i had to uh i had to translate virgil in order to gras graduate without a dictionary i would imagine that i would imagine no, after good. translating virgil without a dictionary building a business was a cakewalk <laughs> it's like well that's what somebody the other day put up a picture of their travels to rome and i don't know if you've ever seen like the the, the parthenon sure. on the front of it it has on the in latin it says marcus agrippa built this and i go to i go to, i go to my friend i'm like isn't it funny to have a place like rome or somebody's like i built this thing funny thing is he built the one before it and the one he built actually burned down so he didn't build the one that's up but like mm -hmm. It's oh. fun traveling when you can like go around a place like we've been to Italy a bunch of times and Greece a bunch of times and like we can actually like comprehend and understand. Yeah. yeah. So have, so he's the guy to go to Italy with. Just yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have, have, tour have you been to Thermopylae? <laughs> I have not been to Thermopylae. Um, we have been to to Rome a bunch of times. We've been to uh, to Delphi. We've been to um a bunch of the group we've been to one of the greek islands we've been we got engaged in in athens in front of the parthenon oh, nice. um so like we've 
we've had some cool experiences. We travel a lot. Sounds like it. Yeah. So it sounds like your kids are are not spending their entire day on an on an iPad. No, uh, no, <laughs> with no. no screens. Yeah, we have no hard. screens policy. I mean, yeah. Saturday mornings will allow some cartoons and maybe to wind down at the end of the day for like 15 minutes. But yeah, we're, we don't do a lot of screens. Yeah, we don't God, screens. God bless you. Oh, good for I you. I think guys. That's, that's awesome. Really important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> Modern Alchemy is the name of the podcast. Alchemy is about transmutation. Yeah. Transmutation is about taking something a low value, something challenging. And turn it into something of high value. And so, curious, what's the toughest challenge you two have faced together? Which one do you want? The toughest. <laughs> the toughest. I would say the toughest for us, for me, for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the second iteration of our business. And yeah. the, we had to make some very hard decisions because um, we were there's one other business partner involved and we had to decide to go our own way, but it was. And not make any money for a good three to six months while we still paid people from the money we didn't have. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But then also as well, like, but yeah, you, you look at, you look at personally though, too, like how long were we together when my mom had her stroke? Like, you know, that was like, that was tough. And, you know, like you were the person that drove my dad and I to the hospital and like, you know, you were, you know, you ran a fundraiser where you raised thirteen thousand dollars to pay for all my my medical bills my dad couldn't pay and stuff like that. Mm. So it's like we've we've been through like that's why it's like which one because like we've had a lot of things we've worked through. Wow. So if you had to pick one between the two you've you've described and I'm sure there's more, was it was it the the illness or was it the business that was most difficult? And and then I have a follow up. <sighs> business course. is pretty hard. I would say it was the business because we That's had pretty... somebody who wasn't a part of our relationship, so didn't have the same goals, but definitely was creating problems in our relationship. Yes. So and it was our partner. Yeah. 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 So here's here's the follow up. And I'd like to hear from both of you. And we'll start with you, Brielle, because Jeremy and I tend to talk more than you and Bearsabu. I do talk a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, so do I. Um, and I'm okay with that. But nonetheless, uh, Brielle. What'd you learn? What's the the biggest thing you learned from that situation? Go with my gut. Like when we were getting into it, I knew, like I could see the writing on the wall just because it was purely like a math thing that was going on. Um, Mm. So, and I agreed to something that I actually didn't agree to. So like, that was, that was definitely the hardest part for me is I was signing to something that I knew in my heart of hearts was wrong. Yeah. And not to say I created the situation down the road because it would have happened one way or the other, but it was very clear to me that I knew it was going to happen. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think that the difficulty of it, like looking at that is um, when two people are fighting, like many times it's not just those two people like her and I get along wonderfully right like but mm-hmm. whenever we've whenever we're arguing we find it's usually because of someone that's not a part of the conversation you know what I mean like you find somebody usually starts it and then gently walks back into the background and that that's how it was in the situation like mm-hmm. we we don't fight and we find ourselves arguing a lot in this situation it was because of someone else mm. so yeah. what'd you learn from that biggest thing biggest takeaway for you Jeremy well, 
one of the things that we've been really good at is we often say exactly what we're thinking, but without the intention to hurt the other person. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we're able to solve a lot. I think a lot of people like sit on something. Do you know what I mean? Where they, they sit on something and Brielle's many times like, you know, like, Hey, I'm feeling that. And this is how it made me feel, you know, what are we going to do about this or, you know, vice versa. And I think because of that, we can actually handle the thing rather than sitting on the thing. But many times people sit on it and they get passive aggressive and, you know, it's kind of the end of it when it's like, all right, well, let's just call a spade a spade and, and talk about it. Yeah. It's a great learning. Yeah. It's a great learning. Mm -hmm. So, so again, we, there's all these mysteries around alchemy of turning base metal into gold, which is really just a metaphor when you understand really what they're conveying. They're, mm -hmm. they're saying taking something that appears to be trash and turn it into treasure. And so mm -hmm. if you, if you, take these difficulties and you learn from them and you apply that learning, then it does become treasure. It really does. And it, it yeah. enlightens you and guides you moving forward. So what else do we want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> this has been great so far. It has. Um, I really I like go ahead. No, go for it, no, just, I just want to say something to your point there like you know we've spent a lot of time recently just going over our personal brand standards and that's actually something I think that we're kind of on the same concept with because we're talking a lot about in our brand that you need to learn from those losses and you need to learn from those moments of pain and come through them yeah um you know the winners and the losers and you know, you need to not get the trophy so that you can learn why you didn't get the trophy and get mm. better and get your own trophy. Yeah. You know? So yeah, because society so often like they want to tell us like, you know, you don't want to lose, but so let's just not try it so we don't lose. And it's like there's a ton of value in losing if you figure out how to use it so you don't lose again. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not so really, I really losing. Like where you're going. Yeah, it's it's not really losing if you're applying it. Then you're then you're winning. You really yes. are winning. Even when it appears you're losing, yeah. so so no participation trophies in your world, yes. real, right? Um, yeah, no more partnerships. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's Bearsaba's learning from our last, yeah. our last. Uh, well, that that's it's road. interestingly enough. Like, I I think we've talked about it before. Like, no partnerships we aren't married in. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably not going to be in another marriage. So that's, yeah, there that's pretty you go. Much no partnership. <laughs> I don't think so. As far yeah. as I know, the girls always go, "Oh, when you get married, can can we do this?" I'm like, "No, we have only had one wedding. This is the one wedding lifetime." Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you we can, can read up parties. your mouth. <laughs> so, so I will say this. I will. Yeah, I will. Go. I want to ask this because it's very rare to find it um, in today's world. And um, in your guys's age bracket, I know you're well. You're mid thirties. Is that right, Jeremy? Yeah, I'm thirty six, and Rail's thirty two. Thirty two. Okay, 32. And I find it with working with you guys and your team and, you know, your wife, you guys are all part of the same team, that you're very driven and you're professional and you're on it. And um, that's very hard to find nowadays, especially, you know, in the younger age. So I'm wondering where does that discipline and drive come from, from you guys, for you guys? Um, like we've always just kind of like tried to be professionals at everything we've done. I think that's really important to like always apply professionalism, mm -hmm. but we were actually, um, cause Bri I wrote the brand standards and then Brielle was editing them to make sure like people could fully receive them. Mm -hmm. And this morning we were going over, there's a quote by Vince Lombardi 
Um, I don't know if you guys, Vince Lombardi, the famous sure. Green Bay Packers coach, sure. probably the most famous football coach of all time. And he talks about this idea of continually chasing perfection, knowing fully that perfection isn't possible because in that you're going to catch excellence. And that's a lot of how we carry ourselves, right? Like we're going to do the best job that we possibly can. And we, we're always going to know that can be better, right? Like Brielle's main job at our company is quality control. And you don't see that at a PR agency because we always know we can do better and we always want to do better. And I think a lot of people, you know, aren't willing to do that. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. That's, that's something that we look forward to in people that we surround ourselves with. Like, um, I mean, just personally, like we look at one of the reasons that we chose our au pair who's with our family is she was a competitive, like the current gold Olympian swimmer was part of her swim team. And then she had a life circumstance that took her out of the running to compete in the Olympics. But like, you know, mm-hmm. she was, she's an Olympic level swimmer. Like we yeah. want to oh, surround wow. ourselves with people of excellence. Um, it's just what we want to do. Yeah. Somebody else on our team, we just helped. She left us, but she's now doing her next thing and we're really proud of her. Yeah. Um, but she was a, a viola is no, she oh was the gosh. first chair violinist in, okay. in an orchestra so she was oh, like yeah wow. like we've just we try to surround ourselves with people that are excellent and continually trying to be excellent yeah, yeah. nice uh, yeah that's it's important it really it really <laughs> is important when it's refreshing you know because it's so rare and and i i firmly believe that when you can have that excellence mm-hmm. it makes you stand apart so much easier in the marketplace because oh, there's sure. so few people that are even doing more than just enough to get by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so for sure, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. How can our viewers learn more about you and, and what you do? Well, if they want to, you know, really get out there and, and get the right attention, you know, we talked about Brielle's PR strategy and a lot of how we're trying to help our clients get out there. We put together a really great resource for people on how they can apply a lot of basic PR strategies to get out there and start growing their brand and start creating more attention. So if they head over to crushitonpodcast.com, there's a really great resource over there for them. It's going to help them really get ahead of where they are now. And there'll be other options and ways to connect with us there. Nice. Yeah. And we'll put, I'll that, put the links. We'll in, put yeah. the link down below. Yeah. Uh, crush it, crush it on podcast. Is that what it was? That's correct. Yeah. Yep. Dot yeah. com. Dot com. That's, yeah. a, that's a pretty good one. We highly recommend these. We two. highly recommend <laughs> <laughs> So, hey, guys, uh, it's been a great conversation. And thank you so much for your time and your energy and, and all the, the amazing things you're doing on the planet. Keep doing great work. The world needs you. Thanks for having us, guys. Okay.